Hey kiddos, welcome to Dad Feelings, the podcast about fictional father figures and real-life dads with real feelings. My guest this week really needs no introduction, though I am doing one anyway right now. So he is a co-host of My Brother, My Brother and Me, The Adventure Zone, Schmanners, Trends Like These, Run, a Doctor Who fan cast, probably a few more podcasts that I forgot because there are just so many. They're all great. Travis McElroy is here with me today to discuss being a dad. Thank you so much Hi. for joining me. Hi. Hey. Hi, everybody. Hey, it's, it's so great Travis. to have you. Yeah, you are hey, on. Thank you. Uh, you were on our sister show uh, a year or two ago, like a while ago at this point. And who can even remember? Who knows? I, dates, dates mean nothing. It's all a human construct. Time is fake. Podcasts are fake. Uh, we're just making this up as we go along. Yeah. It's, you know? It's all because of the chemicals that they put in the water. That's the only reason we think we can hear podcasts. Mm-hmm. I blame Kim Trails personally it's, it's always kim trail's fault God. and i'm like kim cut it out <laughs> well let's try and put her aside put her away in our lock her up in our mind palaces as we today talk about being a dad because you if i understand correctly and there hasn't been some terrible mistake are a dad this is this is correct um i i i will actually go one step further i I would say I've always been a dad, but I have only <laughs> recently gotten a kid. Interesting. So the, that dad, you've always had that latent dad energy within you. And now yes. that you had a child, it's sort of emerged. And, and you have been like the flesh cocoon that this mm-hmm. dad energy has been sort of germinating in, you would say. This is very true. I remember uh, scaring, I would say, the shit out of a date when I was 18 uh, in college when I said, yeah, I just can't wait to be a dad. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what is it about that, that, you know, your 18-year-old Travis, and he's mm-hmm. he's sitting down to a screening of, I don't know, what, like Pirates of the Caribbean or something, probably? Oh, de- oh definitely, definitely, definitely. Okay. I saw that in theaters nine times, yes. <laughs> okay, so yeah, about, you know, around that time, and you, you know... You're, you're sitting down uh, maybe to dinner before that movie and you, you, you whip out, I can't wait to be a dad. So what yeah. is what is going through your head at that time that you are still looking forward to this this idea? What is it about that concept that, that attracted you so much? Well, it, it's interesting because now, uh, what, 16 years later, it's a lot more complex than this. But at the time, I just I really loved the idea of like sharing everything i knew and the kind of like inherent bond because like i i grew up with and still have a very good relationship with my father and my mother um and so like that for me was like a very strong bond that kind of shaped who i was throughout all of my childhood and so for me like that was the thing i was really looking for it was as though i had finished my apprenticeship (laughs) in parenthood when i left for college and i was so looking forward to like getting my own practice you know um A private private practice with an office. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd finish my internship and I was ready to start my dad practice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I also just, I, uh, if I'm being honest, there's also was some narcissism to it. Now I realize because I liked the idea of like a legacy and the mm. idea of like, to me at the time, the idea of a child is in some way part of you continued on mm-hmm. past your time. 
um, which I do still feel, but in a much different way now. I think that that way, if you're not careful, that way is where like, like show moms and show dads and mm-hmm. that idea of like, I never made it, honey, but you're going to be a star. <laughs> um, and, I, and now it's more like um, in a much more the things I have learned. Mm. And here I am at 34 and I only feel like I'm just now like getting a handle on what it means to like be a good person. And and make a positive impact in the world, um, and I I really look forward to like passing that kind of thing on as a legacy to my child, rather than just like all the cool shit I know. <laughs> um, so that yeah, that's that's what I really enjoy about it now. But I've I've always just I love kids. Um, I, I grew up doing a lot of children's theater, mm. and so like there was you know the children's theater ran from like seven year olds to like eighteen year olds. It was like, you know, I think like first grade or something to to high school. And so I would be in shows in high school working with like 10 year olds. And I just would have so much fun, like making silly faces backstage to crack the kids up before we went on stage (laughs) and that kind of thing. And I've just always gotten along very well with kids. Um, And even like as an adult, I I just love, you know, pulling a face at a baby and making a baby laugh. And I still do, especially now that it's my baby. (laughs) Um... But yeah, so now I have a daughter and she is uh fourteen about fourteen and a half months. Um and just getting to an age where she's super fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because before that they're not, you know, babies aren't super interactive traditionally. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's the thing. It's one of the things that I now tell people who are like, I don't even know if I can handle being a parent. Not because they don't want to be. That is a completely different story, but more that they think it would be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, one, you get the gestation period, right? That mm-hmm. that nine-ish months. But even then, when the baby's born, it's not like they spring out running around, sticking their <laughs> fingers in light sockets and stuff. Like, it still was another 10 months before we really had to worry about that kind of stuff. So you get this really solid, like, buffer of, like, a lot of time to slowly ease into understanding the responsibilities that go along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I'm just now really also getting to get a handle on it. And, you know, a lot of it is just like, ugh, this is where people are going to tweet at me. I don't think it's that hard to be a parent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying it immensely. Um, don't think it's that tough. Um, my it helps. I'll, I'll let me say. Let me say it helps that my baby is extremely awesome mm-hmm. and very chill. Super chill baby. As far as babies go, I mean, and I'm not just saying that as like a braggadocious dad. Like legit, <laughs> she was sick one time, and we called the doctor, and the doctor was like, "Well, how's her mood?" I'm like, "Still great." And they're like, "Ah, oh, she's not sick." <laughs> and then we took her in like the next day. We're like, we're, I'm pretty sure she's sick. And the doctor's like, oh, she's running a fever. Huh? You'd never know. I'm like, cool. Oh Super awesome. That's scary as shit. But yeah, so our baby just like, even if she's running a fever and like throwing up, is just running around laughing and giggling. And she's just a really kind of easygoing baby. She travels well. We take her with us when we go on tour or vacations or whatever. Um, she flies great. She sleeps in hotels great. Um, yeah, just in general, she's pretty chill. I got very, very lucky, uh, with this first one. Yeah. You got a baby with that calm nature. Yeah. Sometimes well, you get that sassy baby and then you have to, uh, it's a whole situation. 
No, this baby, BB just loves, her name is BB, mm-hmm. which is very confusing for people because it does sound like It does like sound like BB. I know. BB does like to make people laugh a lot. Like mm-hmm. she blows raspberries at people and like does some of the funniest takes I've ever seen a human being. Just today before I started recording on here, she picked up a washcloth, held it in front of her face, and then like slowly turned her head around to look at me with the biggest, creepiest smile I've ever <laughs> seen. It was hilarious. I was losing it. And she just likes opening drawers, putting stuff in, closing the drawer, and then laughing. <laughs> like, have you seen this? Did you know this could do this? Did you know you can put stuff in other stuff? It's like your baby is, is going through like her 80s adventure game period of like put right? ball in drawer. It's amazing. Oh my God, it knows what that is? Wow. And that's what that's one of my favorite things is watching watching her develop because mm. you start to really appreciate all these things you take for granted, like just her ability to stand up on her own without holding anything and watching her like make all these tiny readjustments in her body. And you're like, oh, yeah, I take it for granted. My ability to just like leap up from a couch because I now it's all second nature. Right. But for her, you can watch her readjust her center of balance so she doesn't fall over. And that's just so impressive to me. And 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 then like watching her figure out how to like open a water bottle, which we're working on now. <laughs> it's like, oh yes, this concept is so easy to me now. I don't even think about it. But there's so much to figure out for her in the world of like, okay, so not only move my hand, but also grip as I move my hand. Is it's just it's super cool. Having a baby yeah. is awesome, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like you just get to like witness all of these little things that are just so everyday. But then like when someone who has never done it before does it, it's like the biggest deal in the world. Well, yeah. And and let me also say, I realize that I'm sitting here like it's a breeze. Um, But the thing I, I have a friend of mine, I had a conversation with my friend Patrick office and Patrick is big old uh baby nerd. And we were talking about like when you talk to somebody about your baby like the two things you talk about are either the amazing stuff your baby is learning to do mm-hmm. or how hard it can be to have mm-hmm. a baby. Mm-hmm. And especially for that first 10 months when all the baby is like does is scream and shit, it could be rough. It could be rough. But like that's like 10% of the time. And the other 90%, at least for me, the other 90% is mostly just like making sure she doesn't roll off of stuff. <laughs> And it's it's pretty low key, but that's not the fun part to talk about. That's not the interesting part. I mean, yeah, yeah. there were nights where like my baby would scream from like 9 p.m. until 4 a.m. And that sucked. But then during the day, she would just like chill out and hang out with us and it was okay. So I try to focus more on that of like, you know, with the big gaps in between. And now, especially as as she's hit this kind of like, I think it started about nine months, nine months to now of just like every day there's something new that she's doing or new mm. experience that she's having or something just like hilarious that she does or it's like okay cool it's all been worth it this is great <laughs> yeah that makes total sense um i well, you mentioned patrick rothfuss and i wanted to ask you about the experience of being a parent who is someone who is uh, a celebrity online. Um, mm-hmm. and, and for Patrick, I know that's something that he navigates in a very specific way. So he does talk about his kids a lot. 
Um, but he has these kind of code names that he uses for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's something that, that anyone who is under any kind of or in any kind of public spotlight has to think about because now it's not just like, how do I navigate my stuff? But I'm making decisions about and kind of for this other person. And so how have you, did you give much thought to that? Or, or do you continue to think about like, okay, well, you know, how, how out there is, is my child going to be like on social mm-hmm. media or, or how do I navigate that? A, a ton of thought. Uh, there was a lot of conversations between my wife and I, because especially the nature of like the podcast that we do and stuff, we talk about our lives a lot mm-hmm. and like we we don't really hold a ton back from people. Um, but there at first, at first, the conversation was about like safety, right? Yeah, that we didn't want people to be able to like walk into a daycare and say, that's Travis McRoy's kid. Right. Um, but then over time, the conversation more became like, one of ownership in two different ways. One, uh, and it, it sounds weird, and let me say, anyone listening, I don't begrudge anyone this, and this is not me complaining at all, but like people love our dog, Buttercup, right? So like mm-hmm. people have given me paintings that they've done of her and drawings of her and like talk about her all the time. And that's really great. And I love that a lot. It means a lot to me because it's my dog. And I'm perfectly fine with people feeling like in some small way, they are also part owner of Buttercup. Sure. But I'm not so okay <laughs> with people feeling that way about my baby. Yeah. Um, and and additionally, BB's ownership of herself. Mm. Of like, I don't know. Like, here she is not even two years old yet. I don't know how she's going to feel. What if she might end up being an introvert and she might like hate the fact that every human being on the world would know, or uh, not that big a deal, but every human being who listens to my podcast or follows my Instagram or whatever would know what she looks like. And she might hate people coming up to her at like sketch fest and talking to her. And so I don't want to like kind of force her to have to deal with any level of exposure until she is ready for that and is her own person enough to kind of make that decision for herself. But I will also say that is me. That is how I feel about it. Because one of the big takeaways I have discovered now being a parent is the last parent I ever want to be is the parent who has gone through this once or twice and now feels like I know everything about every kid and how every kid should be raised. <laughs> like I am very slowly becoming an expert in my kid. Mm-hmm. And the hubris that would come along with thinking that then applies to every kid, I even I don't feel that. And I'm a huge narcissist. So <laughs> like that it is just for me and my family and 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 BB, like this is how we've chosen to go with it. But I have lots of friends who are, you know, other creators and public figures who don't. And I don't judge them for that. I don't have any problem with it because that's mm-hmm. their choice and that's how they're doing. And it's like, OK, cool. Go for it. Hope it hope it goes well. And I fully support you in this decision. Um, it's just not the way that we swung it, you know. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like there isn't much of a playbook for the stuff which kind of speaks or, or sort of explains why there are all of these different ways of navigating it because, you know, celebrities have been having babies forever, obviously, but it, it's a little bit different 
in 2018 when people are sort of, uh, you know, there's a difference between someone who is a, a YouTube star or a podcasting person and someone who's like a movie star, right? And like, so the levels of sort of interaction between fans and creators are different. Um, and so like, it's hard to navigate that. It's hard enough to navigate it just for you. But then like when there's your kid too, it's like, yeah, it's it's something you're going to be thinking about a lot, I imagine. Well, and that's it is not to keep throwing it back to Patrick Rothfuss and dropping the same name over and over again. But um, one of the things like very early on, I had a lot of, uh, well, from my baby's incredibly scary birth, uh, PTSD, and also all of these like, frustration issues which i will be happy to go into if you like sure. uh, but one of them was like feeling like i was doing it wrong mm. and patrick like talked to me and was like here's the thing you're not going to 100 percent this no one ever has and no one ever will mm -hmm. you are going to make mistakes and if you focus on the mistakes you're not you're not going to be like focusing on what you still need to do in the moments and everything. So now like we make a decision and that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And if it goes well, it goes well, but we can't go back in time and change it now. So like not second guessing yourself and mm -hmm. just trying to move forward and do what you can day to day is kind of uh, my child raising, uh, uh, you know, plan of just every day be like, I hope today goes well. Um, and then move forward with that. Um, and, then, you know, I've made plenty of money. I wish that we had done sleep training earlier. We're just now starting that. Mm. Um, and it's real, real rough now because she can actually say, like, Daddy. And to hear her, like, screaming from the other oh. room, like, Daddy! <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a monster. Um, that I'm not crazy about. But, uh, you know, you you make your mistakes and you, you move on with it. And you try not to get hung up on anything. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's all anyone can really do. Um, you, you mentioned those frustrations. What were some of those yeah. that you dealt with? Well, so I, I as a person, don't like being bad at stuff. Sure. <laughs> and I mean, that's probably true of a lot of people. I don't think I'm unique in that. But like, it's the reason I've never learned to play an instrument because like mm. I pick it up and I'm not immediately amazing at it. So right, I put it right. aside. Like I have no patience for learning something I have no aptitude for. Um, and so even though here I am, I, I've always wanted to be a dad and I'm very excited about it. I just suddenly be dropped into it. So to run back a little bit, uh, my baby was born, uh, just shy of 37 weeks in an emergency C-section. Oh God. Uh, well, so it's, let me preface this story by relieving any tension. It's all okay now. And yeah. it turned out completely fine. <laughs> right. But my wife went in for like just a routine checkup and uh, it turned out like the baby's heart rate had just suddenly dropped and, you know, rushed to the hospital uh, and emergency. And so basically we found this out once we got to the hospital because the, the doctor, our wonderful, wonderful doctor just be like, mm, probably nothing's wrong, but I feel like something's wrong. So you should go to the doctor, like go to the hospital just to continue monitoring. Then we got there and... They were like, okay, we need to do it. Like everything was totally chill. And then they put the monitor on and it was like, <gasps> we need to do an emergency C-section right now. So between 1.15 and 1.30, I went from not being a dad to being a dad. Oh my God. Um, With like very little, there was no, we hadn't even taken a birthing class yet. We hadn't packed a bag. Wow. 
my wife never went into labor, never had a single contraction. So like there was never this like, here's the ra- off ramp into yeah. parenthood. Um, and so then um, that that was, and when during that 15 minutes, the nurses had like rushed Teresa out of the room and I was left by myself in a hospital room for 15 minutes with no idea of what was going on. Oh my God. Um, and so PTSD. And so um, I, and I, so I had no kind of lead up time to like shift gears into and now to care for this other human being. And so like, I was trying to change her diaper the first time. And she was like in the NICU in one of the like, you know, special NICU bed things. And she had like all the monitor cables all over and everything. And I am a fairly big guy. um, Mm -hmm. And I'm handling this like six pound, one ounce tiny human. And I was just sure I was going to break her. Um, And so like I just locked up and I couldn't change her diaper. And I just locked up and started crying. And I had to turn to the uh, nurse and be like, I I need I need I need you to finish this. And I just went and like stared out a window for a while Um, and then like went home and took a shower and just ended up on the floor of the shower just sobbing Um, because and this is what I eventually started going to therapy for was I had PTSD. So like it just kept popping into Mm -hmm. my head like you could have lost her. And like every time that would pop into my head, it was like flipping a switch that just deactivated me. And so I, it, I, I just wasn't dealing with that. And so I was just getting more and more frustrated because I felt like I was bad at this thing that I always thought I would be good at and that I always wanted to do. Oof. And so then I started going to therapy and my therapist is like, yeah, you're frustrated because having a baby is incredibly frustrating. And I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) I thought something was wrong with me because here I am with this baby that like I've always dreamed of and like we worked to get and I, you know, value so much. And yet I get frustrated at her when she's screaming at me or pulling her feet away while I'm trying to change her diaper. And the doctor's like, yeah, that's a really frustrating thing that you're trying to deal with. And I was like, okay. And as soon as like I started to give myself permission to be frustrated about it, I instantly became better at it. And I Mm -hmm. instantly like loosened up and was able to do it without getting frustrated because what I was doing was really getting frustrated at myself for not, for getting frustrated. And that kind of cycle can be so detrimental. And so once I gave myself permission to be frustrated because, you know, she wouldn't sleep or whatever, then it was like, okay, cool. Of course I feel the way that I do. Everything is making me feel that way. So I can acknowledge that and then let it go and do what I need to do. Um, And yeah, and I, I will say like going to therapy is the best decision I've ever, it's something new parents, it's the best thing I can recommend. Even if you don't feel like anything's quote unquote wrong, it is such a huge life change and can be so overwhelming in ways that you might not even realize. Um, Talking to someone about it. I I think that it, it will, if, if it catches on this whole fa- therapy thing, I think it could lead to a much, healthier next generation of children um because like just for me personally speaking anecdotally 
I, I, in the last 15 months, feel like I have become a better person, not just because here is this human being that I can no longer, like, I can't be selfish because um, I have to take care of her. And also, I love her so much more than I love myself. Not only that, but I also think about how what my actions are conveying to her mm. the connection. Like, I I have this tendency to like make jokes where I pretend like I'm mad about something, and Teresa's pointed out like she doesn't understand your words; she just knows your tone. And I was like, "Oh shit, you're right." So if I pretend to be mad that you know what that I drop my toast or whatever. The baby doesn't know I'm joking. The baby just hears my tone of voice be scary. So it's things like that. And then also thinking about like, as she gets older, how am I gonna talk to her about this and that and learning to be more patient and what kind of behavior I demonstrate in front of her and thinking about all these things now that I have been going to therapy for uh, not just the PTSD, but also depression and narcissism and all of these things is really given me so many finer filters for my behavior and things that I might have like behavioral traits that I might have passed on to her because I just wasn't thinking about them. I can now try to, to stem the flow of that a little bit more mm -hmm. by like making sure I myself am not demonstrating those behaviors. And in trying to be a better example for her, I feel like I have become a better person because of it. Um, so like that, that's kind of been my MO for, and, and hopefully will continue is, and this is, starts to get into a little bit of Zen stuff, but like trying to be very conscious and present in my actions. Like I used to play video games. I get so frustrated and mm -hmm. it wasn't like unpleasant. That was why I, I loved being frustrated by video <laughs> games, you know, like that's what you do. You get frustrated so that then when you beat that thing, it feels so euphoric because mm -hmm. of how frustrated it was. But like, this was even before BB, like it scared the shit out of Buttercup. She'd be sitting on my lap mm. and I'm playing Overwatch and I'm like yelling into the headset and cursing. And I look down and she's just shaking in my lap because she doesn't know it's a video game. She just thinks I'm mad at her. She just thinks mm -hmm. I'm mad. And so jokingly, I started like, playing with how Lublin and doing these really like ASMR like anger where I'd be like, okay, that really sucks. <laughs> um, I'm so pissed right now. And yeah, I can't believe that it went down like that, you know, like, <laughs> and then I realized like, I actually far more enjoy playing video games if I just enjoy them rather than enjoy f mm -hmm. being, fr I just started playing Bloodborne I never played before and it falls under that like dark soul like this game is built to be frustrating mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like I'm so much better because like there's this baby looking at me as I'm getting murdered for the 18th <laughs> time in a row and she's just looking at me going ha, ha, ha. and I'm like yeah you know it's not really that big a deal this is nothing <laughs> you know the um, blood of it's definitely not worth screaming about for this baby yeah it's okay um, and so there, there's just stuff like that that you know I, I feel like there are stages of my life that I can like quantifiably say this period to this period was the, and like I was in a period for a long time where it was like from meeting my wife, I would say from meeting my wife to the day BB was born was a period of my life in which I thought like, I've got it figured out and I'm doing great. And this is the best period of my life. 
And then PB was born. And I was like, oh shit, it's even better than <laughs> the last like eight years. Um, and so now, the, like, honest to God, the last you know fifteen months have been the the best fifteen months of my life. Um, and 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 this is why to loop it back to dad feelings. Mm -hmm. I think there's this huge fallacy of then people with kids who feel the way that I do saying to their non-kid friends, like you should have kids <laughs> because right. for me, BB was the puzzle piece. Right. But that's not true for everybody. For some people, right. the puzzle piece is traveling or writing a novel or whatever. So this is just how I feel about it. I'm not going to tell anybody else like, oh, you're sad? Have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not a one size fits all kind of situation. No, not at all. Not at all. And it, like I said, it is hard. But I think I find it so rewarding that it's really hard for me to feel like it's difficult. Uh, because I just enjoy it. This is what I imagine the way I feel about being a dad, I think, is how people who do, like, really back-breaking physical jobs <laughs> and love it must feel. Uh -huh. Where it's like, yeah, listen, it's tough and it's hard and you would hate it, but I love it because it's a thing I love to do. So they acknowledge that it's difficult, but it doesn't feel, they don't regret doing it in any way. Yeah. And, you know, I... I I've never really had any ambition to do like to be a lawyer or a you know an arc welder or anything that requires a lot of either f like mental training or physical training. Um I've just never desired that. And now that I have BB, I'm like, oh that's cuz this was the job I was meant to mm -hmm. do. Oh, it was to be a dad. Um So yeah, that's, that's so great. That's what I'm working on. That's yeah. That's my life up to this point. And how are you? <laughs> how are I'm, you doing? I'm fine. I am right. a parent to a cat, which is not the same at all as a human child because uh, she basically has no need of me whatsoever. Uh, so very different kind of experience. She will never learn how to speak or walk on her back legs. Um, that would be... You don't know that. I, Things change. I guess I don't. I guess I don't. It's possible. It's unlikely. But if it did, wow, would that be magical? Although right? she... be a... I will say that since BB came around, our cat has become a lot more physically affectionate to us. And <laughs> really, she really enjoys the times when BB is asleep. Mm-hmm. Because our, like, our dog our dog entertains BB a lot. And then sure. our dog goes to bed about the same time BB does. Just uh -huh. like goes up to her room and goes to sleep. And then the cat's like, now it's my time to shine. <laughs> and the cat will come down and just walk all over us. Oh, like, don't forget about me. I'm hey, still here. Hey, here's my hour and a half, mom and dad. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Um now uh, you mentioned before, and I don't think this is a surprise to anyone who's familiar with uh, with your work, especially the adventure zone that you have a very good relationship with your father. Uh -huh. And I'm curious if there are any particular lessons or, or uh, teachings about parenthood that either came explicitly or that you sort of picked up from how your, your dad did parenting that you are applying to your own life now. 
Well, so I, I really, my, I would say my parenting style now is I try really hard to do kind of a 50-50 of my dad and my mom, mm. where my dad was a very inspirational parent. My dad was the one who, like, if you were, you know, would do the, I always think of, uh, Mr., uh, oh, I can't remember Corey and Eric's dad on Boy Meets World. But anyways. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. I Ma- can picture uh, him. Oh, it's gonna, uh, it's, I've almost got it. Oh, Alan. Oh, that was, oh, that was so close. <laughs> Alan Matthews. I must have so disappointed in myself. But like that, that like, you know, a hard day at school. Sometimes there are bullies. We can't always quit things. That kind of like inspirational. My dad did that very well. And also a very like experienced parent of, or experienced base, I should say, of like, come with me to go check out this thing. Let's go do this thing together. How mm-hmm. would you like... That was my dad. So like, you know, we're going to go find out about this thing or go to a used bookstore together or whatever. Like my dad really liked to share his, uh, the things that he enjoyed with me in a very non-pushy way. So it would be like, here's this thing. If you want to check it out, totally cool. And then on the other side, my mom was a very practical parent. So my mom was the one who like never forgot a single like, time that she was supposed to like bring cupcakes for a school thing or she was never late picking me up or anything. My mom was the secretary um, in the time where they were called secretaries. And I'm now realizing I should have said administrative assistant, but still. Um, and, and my dad was a radio DJ. So they, they filled their roles very well. If my dad mm. was very creative and my mom was too, but I would say my dad's like dominant, uh, uh, trait was creativity and expressing that such in every opportunity they got. And my mom was so organized and thoughtful in that organization um, that like the two of them together made really, really effective parents. Um, and, and so my goal now is to try to adopt both of those things because one of the promises that I made my wife before we had our baby was that I was never going to force her to be the practical one and I would mm. just be the fun one all the time. Right. Who was always like, we're going to go to the circus. We're skipping school today or whatever. And then we get home and mom would have to yell at her for not doing something. So I, I really want to be able to cover both bases and find a, a good blending of that. We both do. You know, we, we both mm-hmm. want to be fun and practical at the same time. And I think that's really hard. You know, because especially one of the things that kids really lack is like nuance and gray areas. Mm-hmm. So like really hard for a kid to grasp until a certain age. Like, why was it OK for us to do this fun thing this time? But now you're making me go to school. <laughs> like what's different about these things? And kids just don't really think that way. Yeah. So like it's it's hard. And like it's already happening now at 15 months. Like we'll play a game. And then she'll go to pick something up to play very similarly, but it's something that could hurt her. And we take it out of her hand and she just starts screaming. Because it's like, well, we were just playing. Why aren't we playing anymore? <laughs> you always let me do what I want. Yep. Um, and, and so, yeah, try to do that. And also now, uh, in, in as we've gotten older, we've kind of made the shift with our dad where our dad is more like our friend than our dad. Right, you know, we're all right. adults. Um, he's still there. I still call him for advice from time to time, but mostly like we hang out like friends. And that's why I think adventure zone is so much fun. 
um and you know doing tours and stuff is so much fun because we still now will like get to a new city for a tour and be like let's find something weird to do um <laughs> and and yeah so like i i think that that balance of being fun and practical is something that i try to find uh even now that i hope to develop as bb gets older and older and older um is still continuing to do that and allowing myself as my dad has to grow up as a parent, as my kid grows up as a person mm. is that being a parent of an eight year old is very different than being a parent of an 18 year old. Right. And like, if, if I don't shift my, my understanding of parenthood as her view of the world shifts, I feel like there will inherently be a divide there that I do not want. Um, so trying to understand like my kid is older and I need to trust her more or I need to restrict this thing more, but allow this thing more, you know, that kind of stuff as she grows and adapts. And I don't ever want to feel like, well, I've got it figured out and now I don't need to learn anything else. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, I would say those are kind of the biggest takeaways is never feel like I've got it. Yeah. Um, but always feel confident enough to act like I do because <laughs> that's kind of my MO in general in life. Um, um, so yeah, that's, I, I would say that that, you know, cause that's another thing is like that, that, like I mentioned early on that fear of like not knowing how to do stuff. Yeah. That really has to go out the window when it's like, okay, cool. You can't explain that to this baby. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't get frustrated about that now because like your baby doesn't care that you don't know how to like tie this thing or set this thing up or whatever, like mm -hmm. just do it, get over that, that like reluctance to do something new and scary and just do it. And that is a thing like the practicality of travel has become like that mm -hmm. of, you know, I, I feel like there have been con like so many forks in the road since BB was born where you make a decision as far as like what parent you're going to be. And we flew with BB for the first time when she was two years or two months old. Um, and it, and like I know a lot of parents now whose kid is well over a year, and they've never flown before. It, it and once again, not saying one is right and one is wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just like two completely different ways to go because now BB has flown, I don't know, probably fourteen, fifteen times. Wow! In fifteen months, I mean, you know, take off and landings. Yeah, and like. Now it's just kind of a thing that we do. And sometimes it's a little rougher than others, but she's done it enough now. I mean, we know we have kind of a consistent gauge that unless we go a long time between flights, we kind of know what behavior to expect. So it has now allowed us to like make plans. So, and, and not have to worry about that. But then at the same time, we have no idea what kind of long-term detriment it's having as far as like, consistency of sleep or mm. like waking up in your own bed being at home the patterns of like we feed now then we go to sleep then you wake mm -hmm. up and then we feed and then you go to sleep like that gets broken a lot for us um and so like we just made the decision of well because i tour so much and because i go to conventions so much and because i go and appear on shows so much i'm gonna have to travel and either that will mean leaving Teresa and BB behind every time, or we just have to get used to the idea of traveling with a baby. Um, and I think once we got used to the idea of it, we then could figure out different ways to make it a little bit easier. 
mm-hmm. um, and you get a little bit better at it every time. Um, and, and so, yeah, now it's become a regular thing. Um, so it, like decisions like that, but that's a gamble, you know, because if we had scheduled all these flights and then we took her on the first flight and it was just a nightmare, like it, and still now it could go bad. We're going to the Joko cruise in February and it could be terrible, not just mm-hmm. the flight, but like we could get out on the middle of the thing and she could get seasick or just mm-hmm. like look out on a big open ocean and lose her mind, <laughs> oh, you know, no. just get the, the wet willies, the sea madness. I don't know. It might happen. <laughs> might happen to me too. I don't know. But for real, like if we get out there and she gets like super sick, it, that it's a thing, you know? So yeah. like, there's just, sometimes we just roll the dice on that kind of stuff. But the other option, at least for me, from my point of view, the other option is being afraid to try that stuff and being afraid to say yes to things, which I just, as a person, that this is what's funny, is there is a large part of me that is afraid to be bad at something for the first time. But there's also an even bigger part of me that has a hard time saying no to stuff. Mm. Um, just because I, I think we only have so much time on this planet and I want to do and experience as much things as I can. And actually when Bibi was first born, I I did have this immediate like, you know, recoil to some small degree of like, this limits my ability to do new things. Right. And then I kind of had the realization of, well, one, I get to do the big new thing of being a parent, which is a new thing every day. But also it only limits my opportunities to do it as far as I allow it to, because yes, maybe we can't go on like a 24 hour flight, but there's lots of stuff around this city that I've never done before that I can take BB in a stroller to, and we can experience it together. So like that kind of thing and making sure that I keep an open mind as far as what constitutes a new adventure um, has allowed me to be a parent and also not have to say no to the things I like to do. And I think if I can keep finding that balance, <laughs> then everybody will be happier. I mean, everybody on the planet. Because- yeah, it's, well, especially because, I don't know if you've considered this, but, you know, if, if she's spending a lot of time up in the air learning the bird language. Uh-huh, yes. Spending a lot of time on a boat learning the, the language of the sea, of the whales, the fish. Yes. The dolphins. That you, she's going to be some kind of ambassador between these worlds and just and be that maybe like the avatar kind of is yeah, that de- how oh, that definitely, works? Definitely, definitely. I think that's what that was. She is definitely an earthbender. That's that's for sure. She's okay. got a strong base. Um, she is like she is beefy. She is strong as shit. <laughs> she is. She like push like our like armchairs around and she uses the coffee table. Strong that, baby. Yeah, Whoa. she's so she's super short. And incredibly strong. Um, and not just like strong for her size, like legit, like <laughs> like super baby strong. Um, but I, I do think the fun thing too, and and this is the last thing I'll say, because now my wife is sick and I have to go take care of the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the fun things about being like a recovering narcissist is now, I guess the closest I'm gonna get to show parent is my narcissism has now continued on to my child. So I'm just like, she's the best. <laughs> and like the strongest baby, most powerful I, baby. This idea of like I look at her, I'm like, she could be president or she could be like the best 
you know, I don't know, sanitary worker in the world. Like, she's going to be amazing at whatever she does. And, but even that can be dangerous, you know, because I mm -hmm. don't want her to feel like mediocrity is not an option. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't care. Are you happy? If you're happy, cool. You did it. So, but she's going to be the happiest person. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much about being a dad. This was a really lovely conversation. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I love, I love, love, well, I love talking, but I also really love talking about <laughs> being a dad. I'm, I'm very passionate about it and I, I really like it. And I, I do sincerely like try to get the word out of like, listen, it's a lot of work and it can be very scary at times. So a, it's okay to be scared if you are a new parent and be frustrated if you're a new parent and B it is reasonable to be scared if you are considering having a kid, but at least from my experience, I can say it's totally worth it and maybe like the best thing I've ever done with my life. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, now, you mentioned the Joko Cruise earlier. Do you yes. want to talk a bit more about that and plug anything else before we go? Yeah. So the Joko Cruise, this is uh, our first year going on it. It's going to be me and Teresa and BB. And also my dad is going on it as well. Um but there are a ton of amazing performers. Uh, Jean Grey is going to be there. Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher are going to be there. Uh, John Hodgman, Patrick Rothfuss is going. Uh, Jonathan Colton, Matt Fraction, um, Amy Mann is going. There, and Michael Ian Black. There's a ton. There's Will Wheaton. I can keep going. Um, and basically what it is is they go out. They have the whole cruise ship to themselves. Uh, you know, the guests as well. So there's guests and performers and we're all in this boat together and we do performances and weird events and stuff on the boat. And then you do excursions and, you know, Teresa and I are doing this like half submarine thing where like half the submarine is underwater and half is above water. And you can go down to the bottom of the submarine to look around or you can go up at the top and look out over the ocean, um, which I'm really excited about. And it's like seven days of concerts and performances, but also like, you know, weird events that you're not going to see anywhere else. Um, and we're super excited about it. And it's February 18th through the 25th. It sails out of San Diego uh, and you can find out all about it. And I think there are still some cabins available. If you go to jococruise.com, it's J-O-C-O cruise.com. Um, and I also want to plug all of my podcasts. So, my brother, my brother, me, the Adventure Zone. We just started a, a new mini arc on the Adventure Zone, which I'm really excited about. I love my character very much. Um, and let's see, run a Doctor Who fan cast. I have a lot of mm -hmm. fun with that. It's my friend Tybee and I, and we're rewatching Doctor Who, um, both the reboot and classic episodes. Oh, cool. Um, which I am having a great time doing. Yeah, and all the other shows you can find on uh, on McElroyShows.com. Great. Well, thank you again so much. And um, I won't keep you any longer. Um, and uh, yeah, I will uh, talk to you soon and have a great time on the cruise. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Bye, kiddos. Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Dad Feelings is a part of Stay Me, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Me at dadfeelings.com support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album Foiled Gear. 
thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuy for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at DadFeeling and at StayMeanCo. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>